the Public News Service Daily Newscast, January the 22nd, 2024. I'm Mike Clifford. First in Massachusetts, where lawmakers are considering a resolution to convene a convention of states, a process voting rights groups say could put civil liberties at risk. Congress is required to hold a convention under Article 5 of the Constitution if two-thirds of state legislatures call for one. But Common Cause Massachusetts Executive Director Jeff Foster says there are no rules in the Constitution for how to govern a convention and no guarantee even the First Amendment would be safe. There's great risk and great potential harm to everything already enshrined in our Constitution if we do open up this Pandora's box. Foster says a convention could potentially allow unelected delegates and special interest groups to enshrine their agenda into a founding document. But supporters say a convention is needed to rein in federal government spending and give more power back to the states. I'm Catherine Carley reporting. The state's Joint Committee on Veterans and Federal Affairs recently heard testimony on the resolution aiming to limit the federal government's jurisdiction and their spending. Meantime, Florida Governor Ron DeSantis did not save the Republican Party after all, or America for that matter, that from his hometown newspaper, the Miami Herald. Two days before the New Hampshire primary election, DeSantis suspended his campaign for president on Sunday. As he exited, he endorsed former President Donald Trump. The Herald reports he had no choice. The Florida governor tried to sell voters on the idea that he was just like Trump, but more electable, more reasonable, but also more conservative, and that did not work. Next to Nevada, where children of color continue to experience disparities, according to new data. Tara Raines with the Children's Advocacy Alliance of Nevada says black children in the state have what she calls the steepest hill to climb. On the bright side, she says the state's Asian Pacific Islander population is seeing some progress, but more improvements are needed. I think we've got to take care of housing because that's going to be foundational for so much. Once the kids have a secure place to live and know that they have shelter, that'll go a long way in their overall well-being. I think the other thing is education. Like our education metrics on this report and on many reports are just abysmal, especially for our kids of color. Reigns says many black and Hispanic children in the Silver State have significantly different test scores than their white peers, despite access to the same curriculum and classrooms. Her organization wants policy makers to not only create targeted policies to close well-being gaps, but to do so collaboratively with the groups most affected. Just last week, Congress announced it has reached a deal to bring back the pandemic-era child tax credit, which Boisier says helped lift more than two million children out of poverty. I'm Alex Gonzalez reporting. This is Public News Service. The FBI is warning Hoosiers about an urgent growing danger called sextortion. Our Joe Allure has more. Warning lights are flashing, alarm bells are blaring, and this is not a drill. Online predators are targeting children, especially boys between 14 and 17 years old, with a scam known as sextortion. Here is how it works. Criminals use fake social media profiles and trick kids into exchanging sexually explicit videos or pics. FBI Special Agent Curtis Cox says once predators have the compromising images, the demands start. They're to send those pictures to social media contacts, their friends, their family. And obviously that fear causes these kids to panic. Sometimes they attempt to make the payment and 
unfortunately, oftentimes we see this fear, this anxiety, this panic lead to self-harm. Cox says the FBI recorded a 20% increase in cases over a span of six months. Indiana is not insulated against the sinister scheme. In fact, one of the messiest cases of sextortion targeted a young Hendricks County female nearly 10 years ago. Buster Hernandez was sent to federal prison after threats to kill, rape, or kidnap nearly 375 people. And Virginia legal advocates are on the lookout for attempts to subvert the state's Fairness in Lending Act. The 2020 law establishes a fair regulatory framework for lending in the state, but it seems some lenders are finding ways around it, such as referring to different types of loans as an advance. A Consumer Reports investigation has found some advances have been offered at an interest rate of 490 percent. Jay Spear with the Virginia Poverty Law Center says despite the name change, it's still a loan. They're giving you money now and you got to pay it back later for a fee. But again, they don't want to come under the Fairness and Lending Act. They don't want to give people loan disclosures like the Truth and Lending Act disclosures. You see how much you're being charged. So they try to pretend they're, they're not alone. I'm Edwin J. Vieira. And finally, Eric Tigadoff reminds us January is Cervical Cancer Awareness Month. A vaccine for young people can reduce the risk of developing this disease. Cervical cancer typically occurs in women between the ages of 20 and 50. Dr. Monica Wells is an internal medical physician with Kaiser Permanente in Seattle. She says human papillomavirus, or HPV, is connected to cervical cancer, but a vaccine is available for the disease. It's vaccine-preventable cancer, which is pretty exciting when we discovered this in medicine and medical history because a vaccine that can prevent cancer is phenomenal. While HPV vaccination rates have been rising steadily, a study found rates stalled in 2022 at 76% for 13 to 17-year-olds. The CDC recommends young people get that vaccine at age 11 or 12. This is Mike Clifford for Public News Service, member and listener supported. Here are some interesting radio stations, your favorite podcast platform. Find our trust indicators at publicnewsservice.org.